0: Welcome to the GCSE Alternative Podcast. So today I'm talking about finding your passion and harnessing it. Um, This has literally been the key driving force for me in education for over 10 years and here's why. Time and how we choose to spend it, it's always baffled me a bit. I've been extremely lucky in my life to have met some truly incredible people. Some have been the funniest people I have had the pleasure of laughing with and find solace and love in their humour whilst enjoying the day-to-day simplicities and challenges of jobs in the service industry. And I've also had the pleasure of meeting and chatting to some truly academically smart people who see the world in ways and shapes I never thought possible. The common threads for any human and the question I find myself asking them, is are you happy? Now, happiness depends on a wide variety of things. How much sleep are you getting? How much time do you spend staring at your social media account? And, but for a huge amount of adults, it comes down to their work and also their relationships and how they communicate. So a job is a really strange thing to think about for most of you, if you're a teenager, and a job used to be very different to what it is now. My dad is a great example of what a job and a career used to be. So he's 70 now, but he trained as an electrical engineer and qualified in the 70s, 1970. And then he went on to work for the same Japanese company for 35 years. And that was really common back then. You used to get a job with one company and stay with them for many, many years. But it's really unheard of now. If my dad were early on in his career, right now, he would probably be on different projects and talking to a lot more companies. He would also just not stay in the same company because people just don't do it anymore. Now, some people do stay in the same company. For example, if you're in a huge institution like the NHS, you're working for Amazon uh, or Google or something like that, you probably are going to stay in the same company for a long time, but your job and your role will probably change over a period of time. So, Why would you want to stay somewhere if you're being offered better pay, hours and more work-life balance elsewhere? And why would you want to stay if you're not happy? There are a ton of questions to think about when selecting a job. But right now, if you're in school, the thing you should be investing all of your free time in is finding your passion. Because I know all too well that if you are not doing something you absolutely love in life, it will drain you and seep into other areas of your life, which can impact your physical, your mental health, as well as your love for life that some of you, hopefully a lot of you have right now. Schools may not be the best at this and about helping students realise what they're passionate about and how to harness it. In fact, they're terrible at it. All they do is teach for a test. They don't actually teach a human how to be a human and operate and be happy. So today we're going to be going through some thoughts on how you can start to unravel your passion. So a study from 2014, which wasn't that long ago, suggested that two thirds of adults were disengaged from their own jobs. So disengaged means you're just not interested in it. And that's mad, isn't it? Because if you think about it, your parents work a lot. Um, people do work a lot normally from like nine to five and it's a lot of their energy a lot of their time so isn't it crazy that two-thirds of adults just don't like their jobs how do you think this could impact a person's life do you think they'll be able to find true joy knowing that they're waking up to go somewhere that they just don't like and I'm sure some of you can relate to this with school right now you don't want to do that for the rest of your life The average person works around 35.5 hours per week, which means over the term of average employability, which means like working from 21 to 65, that accounts for approximately 81,000 hours of a person's life. Can you imagine pulling up to work each day, opening your inbox or facing the day, knowing that you are headed to something that doesn't inspire you? Not only will it affect your mental health, but it would also have astronomical impacts on everything from sleep and it would filter down to your personal relationships with your family and your professional ones too. But a lot of people struggle with this, even adults that I know that are fully grown adults. How do you find something you're truly passionate about and will want to pursue for a long period of time? The answer may not only lie within the idea of grit that we were speaking about in the last podcast but also in the discovery and the pursuit of your own passion so it can be broken down into four steps how to find your passion the first one is the spark what interests you and then the next one is practice so once you find something that you love it's doing it over and over again number three is purpose so once you've perfected it, who? what are you going to do with that? Who are you going to help? Who are you going to serve? Who, how are you going to impart your knowledge and your gift into the world? And the fourth one is hope. How are you going to transform the lives of others? How are you going to stay motivated to keep going on the same course and the same direction? Each step has a process and irrespective of your intuition, passion or aim, it can be harnessed and fine-tuned to create new skills. In her book Angela Duckworth, the book about grit that I mentioned before, outlines a whole bank of people and their pursuits of greatness, how they found their passion and harnessed their skills to become masters of their craft so they could earn a living and ultimately ebb into a state known as flow. Which is a term that was made by a psychologist who, believe me when I say this, her name is Cheek Sent Me High, who researched extensively about the very real phenomena that once a person has become a true expert in anything, it comes naturally to them. Maybe you've experienced this. Maybe you were doing some art or having a conversation or you were in watching sport or you're watching some amazing. Amazing TV series. I feel like that sometimes when I talk to somebody who I just connect with and time just goes, or I'm watching a TV show like Stranger Things and just hours can go by and I'm hooked. Maybe you've experienced this idea of flow, but imagine having that state of flow where time just is effortless, but you're actually making a living out of it. That can be achieved for all of you. That can mean any profession such as a coder, a concert pianist, a writer to name a few, reach this state of flow. And those of you that do study psychology will think about this as Maslow, a really famous psychologist, created a hierarchy of needs. It's basically a pyramid. And at the bottom, it's the idea that people need food, shelter and love uh, to move up to the next level. And then at the top, you reach a state called self actualization. And self actualization is basically where what you love meets a state of flow. And you're just completely happy in who you are, what you're doing, where you're going. And life is just amazing. And few people get there. few people believe you can get there. I think you can. I think everyone can. But I think Sometimes schools suppress this and they make it really hard uh, to find your passion. The idea of it, of flow or self-actualization, is just when you enter a point of complete and utter oneness with yourself that you've reached the absolute pinnacle, the absolute peak of what it means to be human and fully accomplished. And let's face it, who doesn't want that? I'm going to talk to you about a really cool lady called Julia Charles, And some people may have heard of her story before, but I really, really like her story. So I'm just going to tell you it. Julie was a typical American housewife. She didn't believe she needed a career. She was married. It was during the time when women were supposed to be married and be good housewives and look after their husbands. And thank goodness that's changed. But that was the time when she was living. She was deeply in love with a diplomat. And he was stationed in Paris for some years. So she moved from America to Paris with her husband. And she felt completely lost in this place. She didn't speak French. She looked very different to the other women. She she was very loud. And uh, the French were very quiet. She didn't quite know what to do. So she tried her hand at a few things. She had a lot of free time on her hands. Um, And her husband provided her with a yearly income. So she didn't need to worry about work, lucky lady. But that wasn't enough for her. She wanted to do something with her life. So she eventually found a French cooking course. And after a few lessons, she became absolutely engrossed in it. She loved learning how to cook French food. And if any of you have been, you know, lucky enough to try French food, you may understand why. It's phenomenal. She loved the process of creating sauces, which could take hours at a time, and learning how to prepare and cook meat with absolute precision. She mastered what a souffle was, and how to cook it, and souffles are really hard. It's like uh, a type of baking with egg, and you have to get it nice and fluffy, and often they fail. And she found just love in what she was doing, and it made her feel better about living in France. However, she became so good at french cooking but all of the books were in french which seems a bit obvious back then uh, in the time we're talking here so she decided that she would be she wanted to make the first french cookbook for american housewives so that american housewives could cook french food just like her she translated and perfected hundreds of french recipes in her idea that she wanted to bring French food to the American table. And she put together and sent them off. It was a huge book. She got so many rejection letters. But because she was in a position where it wasn't a matter of life or death for her, she didn't have to worry about money, she actually kept going. And after a long period of time, she actually got a book deal for her book and she got an advanced check for her publication of her French cookery book. Subsequently after that the book sold like hotcakes. The American housewife loved it, it was sold really well over there and she actually became a really famous TV chef in America, one of the first ones actually and she appeared on TV regularly bringing the art of French cooking into the homes of thousands if not millions by now of people's homes and this is what finding your passion is. For Julia, it was a joyous task to translate and perfect hundreds of recipes. And this led her to unforeseen stardom and fame. Okay, so I've told you about Julia. Do you like the sound of this? Because I mean, you'd be crazy not to. Maybe not with French cooking, but how can we reach this level? For many masters of their craft, it all begins with their upbringing, specifically their parents. The best kind of masters played around with ideas and their crafts as youngsters. It wasn't forced upon them, and that's really important, although some were forced on uh, by their parents. Whether it was the idea of rockets launching into space and kids playing around with rockets and things in fields or playing around with figures of dinosaurs, playing around with instruments. If parents pursued more of their children's interests through play, and this has been proven as well in loads of studies, then the benefits to them could be huge. If you're a parent and you try to get your kids to do lots of different things when they don't necessarily like it, it might be a bit detrimental to how they actually want to do something. And then if they do want to do something, maybe encourage that, even if it's something that you're not a fan of. Because I think it's really hard, and I'm a parent myself, and I can see what my little girl likes and what she doesn't like. It's different to me, Um, but I know that she moves a lot and she loves moving around. She loves arch. And so I want to encourage that. I also know that sometimes parents can be a bit guilty of wanting to carve out a path for their kids. And there's a big balance in that as a parent. So it's really hard to get it right. There's no right or wrong with this. But it's argued by many psychologists that early on in child development, the type of person that they are going to be and the best kind of people to assist them with their pursuit are warm, loving and enthusiastic mentors, whether that be a parent, a teacher, a coach, whoever. So when you're looking for someone or when you're looking for something to help your kids, try to really find someone who's warm and loving as well um, and passionate about what they do. My little girl's ballet teacher is really like this. Her name's Emma as well. It's a great name, Uh, absolutely great name. And I see the passion she has. I see her elegance as she strides across the hall with a great level of grandeur, but without an inch of being obnoxious or rude to the girls. And the little girls adore her. They see through her a great role model, a beautiful, mature, strong woman with the elegance and grace of one in their 20s and the emotional uh, intelligence of a well-versed mother. Miss Emma, as she is is called, I should say, is, uh, is truly wonderful. And I know that the reason my little girl holds her form within ballet is that she understands what it means to be diligent in posture and form from her ballet teacher not by someone screaming at her or poking her with a stick, which probably happened many years ago and still probably does happen in some countries, but more through her awareness and being kind. As you can tell, I'm a bit of a fan of this uh, ballet teacher. So parents, help your child uh, to be raised by a village of supportive, kind adults from a range of different disciplines and see how I do. Take them to as many places, museums and experiences as you're able to and find out what they love. Only then can you discover what they love. But it's absolutely crucial that early on, their talent is a joy and not a burden or a stress. Once that passion has been found, it's kind of essential that you create opportunities to grow it, whether that be to perform, find others who also enjoy the same thing, or if that involves finding more opportunities to master and practice the skill. Some of the girls I teach, and I shouldn't say girls because they're much taller than me, uh, play Gaelic football and they enter tournaments and meet with other people who have similar passions. That could be through an online forum, in-person events, clubs. But These girls actually do tournaments, uh, international ones, I think, as well. But definitely I've heard of them speaking about ones in London. But once you find your passion, you really have to find a group of your people um, who you will naturally form friendships with people that you trust so that they can critique you when you're doing something wrong and who can lift you up and help you when you're feeling a bit low and like you don't want to do it anymore it's really really hard to master your passion on your own for a very long period of time because it requires a lot of discipline an awful lot of motivation that comes from within you and a hell of a lot of repetition so if you know you're really good at something and you love something, find people. We have this amazing tool called the internet now <laughs> where you can meet loads of other people in safe spaces um, that will nurture you and help you. Finally, you may begin to figure out your purpose from this passion. A purpose is a really weird word but it kind of means what's going to be your thing. So if you Love something like, for example, if you do love Gaelic football, maybe you're going to be a coach, maybe you're going to help drive the sport, maybe you're going to go into marketing to do with it, maybe whatever. It, it could be something within that that you just love to do to find your flow that we talked about earlier on. For me, I'm going to use me as an example here. It's simple what my purpose is, and I have figured it out now at the age of 30. I'll be 32 next week. Well, by the time you're listening to this, I would be 32. Um, I've done way more than 10,000 hours. It's it's argued that 10,000 hours is the amount required to master a specific skill. And I have done way beyond 10,000 hours of teaching. I've researched it. If you come to my house, I have an extensive array of books about teaching and education. I live it. I breathe it. You guys know that. I'm building a network of others who have similar interests and ideas about me. I go to events and conferences. I've been to a few in Brussels just to get a sense of how education could be moved forward because I'm all about education, change to benefit you. I'm intending to do a master's and I want to eventually open a school to help kids find their passion through work on longer projects, hands-on based Practical learning as opposed to teaching for a test, which has been done and is being done right now in other countries, but in England we're a little bit far behind. So, hopefully, that's something that I want to achieve in the next few years. Now, I'm a teacher, and a lot of you do not want to be teachers. Some of you might, uh, some of you might not, but another example of someone who has found their purpose is Mr. Beast. Now, what a man. I mean, I only found out about his existence about six months ago. I'll be honest with you. And I can always hear some of you giggling at that comment. Some of you may be as clueless as I was about this guy. But let me tell you about him. So he I think he's 24 or 25 now. And he uh, skipped school to learn about YouTube. He was one of the earliest people to record themselves gaming actually on YouTube and put it out there. And he created like a network of four or five friends who were trying to figure out the algorithms and the code of YouTube to get more views. What kind of things do you write in the title? What kind of things you need to put in it? What kind of words you need to write on the tagline at the bottom? And they literally spent hours and hours and hours online chatting about this and figuring all this stuff out. He did this whilst he was at school he didn't do particularly well at school but now he has one of the biggest youtube channels in the world and he spends millions of dollars on one video and it's kind of like a game show it's entertainment and you could win an island if you compete in this game and he just reinvests all of this money but his greater purpose seems to be helping others because with the extra profits, he's really young. So he just has a basic car. I think he still kind of has a roommate. He, he doesn't have a big mansion or anything. But his money, he sees it as to benefit the wider community. So he has helped feed hundreds of people, thousands of people, as I understand it, across America. And he's interested in community-based projects. So not only does he invest his money back into the videos, he also invests it into helping people that's amazing and this is all because of a youtube um like uh revenue money that he gets from youtube so he's found his purpose as well finally so taking you very quickly through the process of uh, finding your passion is hope and rising to the occasion once you have found your purpose actually following through which is the hardest bit it's very good making plans and dreams and things like that once you found your passion but the hardest thing definitely the hardest thing is to go with it and actually do it and execute what you want to do and what your your dream is and make sacrifices you may be a few years in when you actually start executing what you want to do so why is it important to seek this kind of thing in your passion basically we're humans we require deep connection with people and when that has been taken from us like during the pandemic some of us felt really lost really helpless and had a big issue with it because we weren't in touch with other people if you have a passion and a love and a joy it's kind of infectious and when people meet you they're like wow they love what they do um and you're positive and you're uplifted but if you every day you know you don't like what you do that really, you can see it, you can see it on people's faces. If you feel you have a purpose and you can help others, it's absolutely priceless. It doesn't really matter how much money you earn because you just love what you do. It helps you feel accomplished and it basically seeps out of you and it, as I said, it's infectious. Okay, so what do you do now? Well, simply just keep trying new things. If you're a teenager, if you're an adult and you kind of feel lost at the moment, Just try something new, baking, writing, different sports, see what your friends are into, look at social media, see what other people do. I follow loads of artists because I find it really therapeutic to watch, but also it gives me ideas about how I can create my own art and I kind of, as a little hobby, I quite like doing that. Notice how people around you light up or don't light up when they talk about their jobs and maybe ask some questions. What do you do? How did you get into it? Start to think about what makes you light up. And feel alive and how you may be able to learn more about it. Ask your parents for some guidance or some friends if they're into whatever it is that you love and just keep exploring and playing around with new ideas. One of them is definitely going to work for you. You might have to try a few hundred ideas but one of them will definitely be for you. And then, honestly, the possibilities for you are endless and it will give you a motivation and it will force you to think about what you need to do for your next step, which is quite often why people lack a lot of motivation in school and also just in life. It will definitely lead to a fun, exciting career for you, full of achievement and positivity. Now, let's be honest, who doesn't want that? So if you've listened to this and you're thinking, feeling pumped and you want to kind of try it, then look around, see what's out there, see what's in your local community, look at clubs, look at sports, look at anything or maybe you have got something in the back of your mind that you wanted to try for ages but you just haven't plucked up the courage to ask your parents if you can do it or maybe you feel like you're going to be a bit of an outcast if you try it, let me be honest with you, you have to just go for it because if you don't, you're kind of going to regret not trying that and then you might be 50 or 60 before you try it and realize actually this is the thing that you needed to have done when you were younger once you find your thing and you start to talk to others about it you'll naturally find other people that like doing the same things as you and it's really 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 great so good luck if you need any guidance my inbox is always open but do ask adults around you and if you're an adult obviously you have friends so go with that (laughs) (laughs) i'm really looking forward to the next podcast we're talking about success about education next week and why uh, for many people success for education is out of reach and why that's rubbish and how we can change it until next time guys i'll see you then